My name is Tim Lee, and you're listening to Leader Life. Now, like a lot of people who start podcasts, one of the reasons I wanted to do this show was because I kept having really interesting conversations about life and leadership. I'd walk away from those conversations wishing I could share them with people who might find them interesting or inspiring. Well, since I started Leader Life, I've been able to share some really great interviews with leaders that I highly respect. But today, I'm sharing one of the conversations that is closest to that original heart behind launching Leader Life. Now, this is going to be one of the more personally transparent and raw episodes I've ever been able to create so far, and I'm really proud to share it with you. My friend John Irving and I sat down to record this conversation. We hit record, we started talking, and it was really just to talk about friendship and about leadership and ministry and what we've learned from each other. Two hours later, we realized we had way too much content to share in just one episode. So I am sharing right now part one of a two-part conversation I had with John Irving, who is the pastor of Holy Renaissance Church in Lancaster, California. That's also the city where I pastor Life Church. In this first part of our conversation, we talk about the benefits of having a friend who is in ministry, but who's also very different than you. You might want to know as you go into this that I am a white man and John is a black man. So we discuss how each of our perspectives were different as we were forming our friendship and some of the challenges, concerns, maybe even worries that we had uh, as we were forging this relationship. Uh, coming from different cultural backgrounds. But we also talk about how our friendship has helped us personally and in leadership. So with all that said, let's jump into part one of this conversation that's already in progress between myself and my friend, John Irving. I think having a friend in ministry keeps me sane. And what you did for me, Tim, was you let me know that, okay, you don't have to, you don't have to lose your human side. Uh-huh. I remember when I met you, I didn't know how far I could joke with you because I didn't really know yeah, the protocol of to figure that pastors, is this okay? Yeah. And, you know, <laughs> I'm human. Are you human or are we all supposed to not be human now? Or what is the, okay. what's the protocol for this? Because you, you feel know? like you have to figure out whether or not you have to be on all the time. Whether you have to be on all the this time. This is a real thing in leadership too. And in my life, and well, I know we've talked about this, like I, when I come around people that aren't other leaders, I, uh, there's a level of being on. And so like, it's not a performance. Yeah. I'm not being fake. It's genuine who I really am as a leader. Yeah. But I mean, what's that? There's that language of like different hats that I put on. Yeah. So I put the hat on of like dad and husband when I'm at home with, with Sharon and the girls, I put on the senior pastor hat at life church yeah. and I'm happy to do those. And I try to be good at those things, but I also am just Tim and I'm a guy yeah. who's trying to, like you said, trying to figure it out, trying to figure out my life. Right. And so you do have to kind of gauge new people when you meet new folks. What hat can, what I, put hat can I put on? Yeah. Cause no one wants, no one wants Clark Kent. They yeah. they came for Superman. Right. They need the red cape and the underwear. And yet Clark Kent needs to be Clark Kent with safe people. Clark Kent needs to be Kel L. Yeah, even better. Yeah, well with, said. With um uh where is he from? With, with Kryptonians. Yeah. He needs to he needs to be himself. He needs to find people who speak his language. His language. Who know the thing that he's wrestling with. Because even Clark is really to some yeah. degree a another form of, of disguise. So there's so many layers, yeah. and so I think yeah. there's 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 Pastor Tim Lee, and then there's Tim Lee, and then there's Timmy. 
there's right. there's who's that guy? Yeah. And if 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 I show you that side of me, is that okay? Yeah. Or if, if I go to the movies, if you catch me coming out of a film and it's not a Christian film, right. are you gonna are is you that gonna judge me? Is that okay? <laughs> right. Um, can we still be friends? Can we still be friends? Or can yeah. you still hear Jesus through me? Yeah. Or um or have you realized that your whole Bible is written by people who right. were un unworthy? How can you have a problem with this pastor and then read Psalms and, and Proverbs written yeah. by a man who who was such a whoremonger that when he died, they actually threw a woman on his bed mm. and when he didn't touch her, they said, oh, the king's dead. Mm. Because that's what that was his struggle. But he loved God yeah. and then we sing songs about him and we want to dance like David danced and it's so weird um, because you're really not accepted in your own in your own home, you know, mm -hmm. but then we read these great men who all had these horrible flaws. Mm -hmm. Peter had racist issues. I mean, good grief. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so it's meeting you was, I feel God's way of giving me relief from the mantle he had just placed on me. Mm. And, and it, it, meeting you did so many things. It did, it did things racially. It did things on a, on a platonic level, on a friendship level. Because it also let me see ministry from a different angle that I had never seen ministry in my life. From a gospel, Baptist, raised, Pentecostal, little black kid from Third Ward to me, yeah. Tim Lee, from wherever you're from, Canada or Australia or Mexico. <laughs> but yeah, so for me, like coming from England as a little kid, <laughs> Not no. even anywhere near Canada. Sorry. <laughs> but but I'm a Southern California kid. I mean, like, I grew up here. Uh, and so you come from Texas and probably have, like, certain expectations and anticipations and assumptions made about what it's like to do life and ministry out here. Yeah. You spend a certain amount of time out here. But it's not... I don't even know that it's California-Texas thing. It's It's you come up in a cultural assumption about what church is like yeah. I have a cultural assumption about what church is like and what leaders should be like and then you meet a friend who for all practical purposes kind of is from a different world Yeah. but you find out that you really are on the same level about a lot of things that's actually what's really refreshing about wow. about our friendship and I actually remember talking about you said earlier about um, when you are trying to figure out how much joking I can be or can I be the the casual me yeah. around this person when you and I were just getting to know each other and I was trying to kind of figure that out as well and we were kind of feeling each other out a little bit mm -hmm. I remember one of the moments uh, actually right here because we're sitting in your your church's offices right now and I I remember we were talking about uh the the reality that sometimes as a senior pastor, you want to have like a secret trap door behind, <laughs> behind your pulpit. Remember that? Yeah. <laughs> and, and we were saying like what I really would like on some Sundays, not every Sunday, because I do like people. Yeah. But there's every now and then, every once in a blue moon. I remember that. Where I've, I'm just tired. <laughs> and I know I need to go greet people, but what I really would like is a button on my pulpit. And you just kind of just disappear. You just disappear. <laughs> <laughs> And then there's like a like a secret passageway back to my office, and I can just be by myself. That's how you do it. I would hit the lights after yeah. Amen. The lights would go off when they come on. If somebody else is on the stage and you're gone, that'd be awesome. <laughs> but I remember, I remember uh, we were joking about that and just realizing, like, ah, oh, yeah, we kind of 
kind of have the same sense of humor, but we uh, we just needed somebody that we can just let our hair down with yeah. in our own city that we can spend time, like FaceTime with. Yeah. That actually was a huge gift to me. When we, like, when we got to that place, we were like, oh, we can goof around with each other. When you're at a level, you need to release. Yeah. You need to release. And it's almost like... I would rather not spend the majority of my time with with men in the ministry because I I am I am more at ease around the crooks and the homeless people and people on the street who haven't found God because they have to have any expectation and and they're not looking to judge you on if you got the scripture right they're but, not always trying to preach yeah, a sermon to you but church folks there's like a, other people in ministry you feel like you have to play a game. Yeah, there's a politic yeah. there that I, that I didn't know about when I got into ministry. And Why don't um, they teach you that in Bible They don't teach you that in Bible school. They don't teach you that. I mean, maybe it's because hopefully you won't encounter it, but like, let's be real. It's there. I don't know anybody in ministry who hasn't encountered that to a degree. No, absolutely. Or in any kind of leadership, if it's not church leadership. Like, the reality is, leadership comes with politics. It does. And so if you're saying... There are times I would rather actually spend time with people who aren't in the leadership. Who aren't in the politics. Quote, unquote, game. Yeah. Yeah. Because I can, because I can just let, what, let my hair down or be more genuine? Yeah, because when you read all the, if you're Superman, you read all those superheroes, the question is, well, how long is your cape? And, well, uh, what's your, what's your superhero backstory? Yeah. And where'd you get your true superhero name from? And Which in the big scheme of things doesn't matter. Rich in the big scheme of things, doesn't matter how many people have you saved today, because I saved 14 from the burning fire. Did you, how many people did you save? Did you save your, well, you saved a cat off the tree? Oh, that's nice. So it's kind of that thing yeah. where the guy on the street, he's just happy to... Just happy to be here. Somebody's to, talking to me. Wow, you got a cape. That's cool. <laughs> wow, man. It's awesome. It's tight. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's cool. So when you find people who, who you're not in... Uh, competition with or they're not it, their ministry is not based on comparing themselves to the, to the next ministry mm. and that's not an issue and they're confident in themselves yeah um, that's really refreshing yeah and kind of just okay you know you can you can I can speak to you and not worry about what I said being preached over your pulpit with a synonymous name right you know a preacher I know right is right. Um, so, uh, did such and such yeah that's why you should avoid them. Yeah. I won't say that, any names. That competition thing <laughs> yeah. is terrible. I hate it. Yeah. yeah. So so we're friends, and it's help, our relationship is helpful because of this, because we can just do this. But there's this other element that we talk about a lot in our relationship, and you've actually been a person who's been such a gift to me because of the racial dynamic yeah. of our relationship. So just in case anybody doesn't hasn't picked up on this yet. Tim Lee is black and I'm white. Yeah. So surprise. I'm sorry, that's <laughs> I'm black. You see, yeah. Tim right. Lee is Tim Lee is, is it, it's really good to clarify that. Because they don't a, know that I'm a white guy. Tim Lee is a black man <laughs> in a white man's body. He's got soul. He's in a closet. About it. He really is. <laughs> it's a thug. Tim Lee's a thug. But um, it is this incredibly beautiful part of who you are to me as a friend because we are different. <laughs> yeah. And so we have all these similarities. There's the we are both pastors. We both kind of have the same sense of humor and, mm-hmm. 
and that's refreshing. We kind of joke about all of these different things. But then there's also this stretch hmm. of our relationship that I know for me, since I met you, um, I was looking for a friend who could do all of those things, help me laugh about life and ministry and just yeah. kind of joke around and let my hair down and all that. But I was also asking God seriously for friends who didn't just look and think like me because wow. I, I got to a place where I realized... I think I live in a bubble hmm. and the world around me was like so many people, but people's bubbles were bursting. Yeah. And I kind of wanted to get outside of my own bubble a little bit. And then, and then I met you wow. and this is a couple of years ago now when we were both, our churches were like physically neighbors. Yeah. And when we met each other and had all of these similarities, but there were so many other beautiful differences yeah. about the way that we see the world and our back, our backgrounds. And, uh, and, and that's not even just about skin color yeah. and yet skin color plays into that Definitely. in a lot of ways, um, because of what your world experience is because of your skin color and mine yeah. for the same reason. Um, to me, being your friend has stretched me because it's been a safe place where I can come and go, tell me about your experience yeah. as a pastor, as a, as an African-American pastor of a church whose culture is way different than my personal culture or my church's culture. Yeah. I want to learn about that. Wow. That's been a gift to me. Wow, Tim. I didn't know that. When I met you, I was reading about David and Jonathan. And um, I don't know if I told you that. Did I tell you that? Maybe I didn't. And I was talked about it. And I was reading about... Um, how David had slayed this Goliath. And in, in my head, I was David. You can be David in your head. But in my head, I was David. And, you know, he slayed this Goliath that brought him to this next, this level. This He was at a level that he had never been to. And because he had done this thing and obeyed God here, he was now given entry to, uh, to a palace life. So he mm-hmm. goes from the pig pen to the palace. Yeah. But he has no idea how to function in the palace, how to the dinner forks, the, the salad forks, yeah. who to bow to, who to, when to stand, when to sit. No idea. The boy was a sheep herder, you know, yeah. cleaning up sheep dung on his life. And in comes this Jonathan who was raised in a palace-like setting. Well, raised in a palace. He's a prince. Literally. Literally. And, and they had these similarities. You know, they both had, uh, you know, fathers that may have neglected him um, yeah. uh, it, to some degree yeah. or didn't believe in them to some degree. Um, but they were completely different at the same time. You know, David was a servant. Jonathan had servants, so they were just yeah. different. And so the mentalities were just, I'm sure, were just so different. And I never really understood that story until I met you. And um, and that was how I viewed you, like a Jonathan, like someone who had, for lack of a better word, privilege, mm-hmm. had been kind of raised to sure. some degree. Sure. He, he had a, you had a name. That would that you could that you could build a ministry um, on. You had a reputation. Um, you had heritage in a city mm-hmm. where I had no heritage. I had no name. Who is that guy? I'm still being vetted out. Is he solid? Where you had already had those things. You'd come from the right church and the right people, and the right people said thumbs up or, mm-hmm. already. So sure. it's, it's like it's like being a prince. Yeah. And um, I think that. In the, I needed you in the way that a David needed a Jonathan to say, sit here. No, no, never sit there. Like, always. No, 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 never. No, 
you know, yeah. kind of things like that. And it was someone he could go to. And uh, Jonathan wasn't jealous of him or angry with him or anything like that. He just loved him. Mm. And that's how I felt when I, I met you. Because even from a, a racial standpoint, um, uh, as you kind of climb and God elevates you, you find yourself going to different circles mm. that are different culturally, different classes, racially. And you can easily use the salad fork when you should have used the dinner fork. Mm-hmm. Um, and that says something about your character. And before they know you, you're, you're judged. Yeah. Because it's kind of this thing of, if you didn't get the training before you got here, you shouldn't. You really should not be here. But we're going to expect you to play by all of the rules if you do happen to find your way in the room. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just what it is. Right. You know, and that's the, sure. and that's the positive. Yeah. So to not have someone who has one foot in the game who can say, hey, psst, psst, button your coat this way. You know? Yeah. Pick up the fork on the left. Yeah. Yeah. Back. That's how they, yeah. Right. And that was just really dope. And I praised God for having someone on the inside of this community who could help me navigate through yeah. the community. Which is yeah. crazy because I feel exactly the same way. Like for you to say you I was the Jonathan and I get like I get what you mean. Yeah. And I think that there is something real about the idea of the privilege and the right people thumbs up to our ministry and mm-hmm. and in and in a lot of ways I think if we compare our stories, I could say yeah, we really struggled as church planners, but I mean, what's the struggle when you've got an entire movement backing you? When you're the, you know, you're the the young, charismatic, on the rise, yeah. white kid on the rise yeah. who's coming from a big church, you know, in, yeah. in a community where people do kind of know your name, yeah. And a lot of people who, when we started our church, knew who we were, yeah. And that was kind of the story. Like we were providing church for people who knew who we were but weren't going to church, yeah. And so it was a, it was a need, it was a thing, and. And yet your story would be, I'm the guy who came like out of nowhere. Nobody knows who I am. And, and then I've got these other challenges and hills and mountains that I've got to climb socially and culturally. And, yeah. and I'm not going to just try to fill a space. I'm going to try to create space for me. Yeah. So I understand what you mean when you say the David and Jonathan, like I would be the Jonathan to your David. And yet when I look at it, you're Jonathan, because what you did for me was the the metaphorical palace in my perspective mm. is a much more beautiful wow. broad world wow. that I don't know always how to play. That's in, deep, you know, because I'm just this kid. All yeah. I ever knew was to shepherd the sheep I've always shepherded, right. and I've killed a lion or two, and I maybe have fought a giant, you know, or maybe not yet. I don't know, but like I'm coming into. I feel like meeting you has helped me come into a palace that I wanted to experience what that beautiful mm. other level of life was. I see it. And you welcomed me in and did the, use the fork on the left, you know? Wow. When you came in and like you gave me a shirt for your church was a thing for me of like, oh, I belong to you. Like I, I get to be welcome here, even though everything in my background says I would have to earn street cred wow. in your community and you totally Jonathaned me into your power. Huh. Wow. So it's just interesting that like I have thought that. Like you have been the Jonathan to my David. I didn't know you thought like that. Wow. No, it's I absolutely feel like that because you you've you've been the guy who's opened this relationship, like this door for me that and there's other people, like I've got other friends that we've been 
you know, we've been Davids together and had Jonathans and we've been Jonathans for other people's Davids, you know, and, and I've got friends who were kind of struggling together from the same background, but you're the first like ministry friend that I've had that I I feel like we've been able to do that for each other. And, Hmm. and, and I think that's another one of the beauties of our friendship is that somehow, and I think maybe testament to, um, timing and readiness of both of our hearts and and what God was doing is that we've somehow just been able to be kind of play both roles and do that dance and mm-hmm. and just know like I'm just going to champion my friend and I'm going to let him champion me and 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 we're just going to see what we can do together wow. you know as a result of it with with you there there's I'm trying to get my words together oh, man I'm just tearing up right now um with 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 you um, being a young white pastor on the rise, um, I felt that the Lord was showing me something that I did not get from my African American Baptistical heritage huh. that may have worked in the day, in that particular day, and that's no disrespect to Baptist Church or Pentecostal Church, but to get these to get the population or the generation that I was after, I quickly realized that I, I could not do church business as u- usual. Yeah, it's a new world. Yeah, yeah. And if I blockbustered myself in this Netflix generation, I was gonna, <laughs> I was gonna go out of business. Yeah. And um, so, what do you do when everything you've been taught now has to be retaught? Everything you thought was the one and only way to do a thing. You're in an environment where um, what what birthed you could now kill you mm. if you continue on with it. It's like the umbilical cord. It's it was healthy at one point, but now you've been birthed into another environment, and now you need to cut it mm. so you can find a new way to to get food to yeah. your body. And that's where I was. I was battling off my religion at the time I met you, and so the best way to I think to combat Battling that religion is, is exposure. Yeah. God has to expose you to something greater. I mean, that's what he did with Peter, James, and John. He took them to the mountain and he exposed them. Right. Right? So he had to expose me to what I did not know. And exposure creates frustration because now you know what you don't have. And now there, you go through this phase of insecurity and uh, you know jealousy or envy. Uh, and those things have to kind of be worked out. Uh, because you, when you're first exposed, you don't know that he's exposing you <laughs> so that you can rise to what he has right. exposed. It just feels uncomfortable. It just now feels uncomfortable. Yeah. Now, thanks, God. Now I know what I can't do. Right. You know. Appreciate this. Yeah. Yeah. I was just starting to feel good about myself. <laughs> yeah. Just got Great. to a good rhythm. Yeah. Yeah. He was looking fabulous. Yeah. Yeah. And, and he, he, he exposed <laughs> your church to, a, you know, you think you're doing good with 200 members and you go to a church that has 2,000 and you're going... We haven't even done anything yet. Why? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you know, you made a sandwich for a guy. This church has a whole homeless ministry. Like, oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I suck. And um, so you were exposure to me. Like like Jonathan was to David. It's an exposure. I've been in, I, I know how to handle issue, issues with a rag and a rock. Yeah. I've, I've never been diplomatic. I've never had to... Um, uh, wear a suit that fits like this and stand in the garden and take pictures and shake hands. I've never had to do that. So it's like exposure. So it was almost intimidating, but I felt like God was using this white boy 
to bring me out of something that if I stayed in, I would choke out my destiny wow. because of my history. Yeah. And so, so I had an example of a different process, different systems, mm-hmm. different books you would give me mm-hmm. to read that I had never even heard of, mm-hmm. you know, it, which, which changes your whole thought pattern. So you yeah. actually, he used you to change my thought pattern. And I think you being white helped, was necessary yeah. because, because you, you see things totally different than I see them. Um, oh, and the same for you. And, and probably yeah. the same for me too. And I'm, I'm imagining you probably did the same thing for yeah. you. But it was it was a big it was an eye opener and it was refreshing and intimidating at first. Yeah. Because crap, what do you do with what you now know? Right. And now I gotta go meditate on this and I gotta grow into something that I never knew. And then if, if you're if you're able to get past the, the I don't know, bigotry or the 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 bondage that the enemy would have between the gulf between the races, yeah. and see that this culture has something that we need. We need it. Yeah. We need. And we have something that, that you need. Yeah. And and if you can strip the pride away and say, yeah. I actually need you yeah. to help me. There's no way I can become everything I'm destined to be without you. Right. If, I, if I shut off you, I shut off a part of my destiny right. that's integral. You know, And if you shut off me, you're going you're gonna to miss a whole race of people that you could have connected to. Right. And got Jesus to, yeah. but you won't understand them because you don't understand me, yeah. and you don't want to understand me yeah. because I don't look like you. Yeah. And I think that we're young enough to do that, and in a city where I honestly don't see a lot of those bridges, people are kind of set up in their own areas. Yeah, it's we we actually do life and ministry in a community where I wouldn't say that there's a lot of racial tension, mm-hmm. but it seems like there's almost just racial indifference. Like it's racial divide. Mm-hmm. And maybe you would use a different language for this, but I I almost feel like you you kind of said it like we're just do settling into our own pockets. Yeah. When I met you and I like there's a couple of other guys uh that I met that aren't just you know, white Pentecostal guys that yeah. I hang out with already or that I grew up with, um, I started to realize, man, there are double, triple the number of churches and ministers in our community that I've never even met, never even been aware of, let alone an entire cultural universe, Yeah, you know? Um, but then I also remember when we were just getting to know each other, you were talking about that, that natural racial divide that happens. Yeah. And kind of the awkwardness in that risky season. I remember coming in in here into your church and into your community, and 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 at some moments, like I would walk in and and I would just be not nervous or like go out of my way to like get on my knees and pray to Jesus or something. But yeah. that that sense of Holy Spirit come with me right now because hmm. what I don't want to be is an affirmation of a negative stereotype. Wow. And I don't want to be—I don't want to be a hindrance here. I—I I, I certainly didn't want because I was just when we met, just starting to grapple with the existence of this idea of white privilege. Wow. Um, yeah. And and is this a thing? And grew up in a community that would probably lean more towards saying it's not a thing and trying to turn it up, a blind eye to that. Uh-huh. And yet discovering the reality that there's just things that I've been given. Yeah. Because of how I grew up. Yeah. You know, I didn't earn it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm thankful for it. Like, don't get me wrong. Yeah. 
I thank God for the way I grew up. Yeah. And I don't feel bad about it. But I never wanted to have the way I grew up or the things that I've been given to be a hindrance to somebody else. You know, I mean, Paul tells us, don't be a stumbling block. So the yeah. last thing I wanted was to come in and be like, oh, hi, I'm, I'm the local white pastor who's come. And I would never say this, but I didn't want anything to ever communicate I've come to like help you or to build <laughs> <laughs> <Your> roads. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> let, me, yeah, let, me, let me show you how to, how to do this in our culture because I wasn't trying to come in and fix anything. I was coming in to learn and I was coming in to build relationships and to, to discover something beautiful that I would have never created on my own mm. in my community. And I, I was always so thankful for you the way and your church has been so great at this of how welcoming you guys all are and you and your wife have been so much of that of just and I don't know if you were even aware of it I'd be interested to hear you talk about it, but like I I felt so much like I came in like you know bright-eyed and bushy-tailed sometimes like yeah. oh I'm the white kid looking at uh, <laughs> at this well, African artifact yeah like <laughs> like this sounds so terrible but like it felt at times like what I imagine, um, you know, the, the, the white millennial missionary kids would think like going on a mission <laughs> trip, like, Oh, I'm going to go into a different yeah. culture right now. And yeah. And, and, and there's that, I, I, I would imagine some people just think like, I'm here just to take a selfie. So everybody knows that I, I was here. You. Yeah. And I never wanted to portray <laughs> to you cause it wasn't a thought in my mind. Yeah. But the thought was what I don't want is for you to think that I came here to make my one black friend. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> and, and at the same time, you needed the one black friend. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a school, I was a school teacher, and they would do classes, and they would say, make sure you don't lean towards the kids that are the same race of you as you, or the pretty kids. You know, so, so like like teach to the class evenly. Yeah, yeah. Which it's you know no, it, it's difficult to do sometimes because you don't you naturally lean towards what you relate to people which, who look like you. Think yeah, like which you. is why I think our churches look yeah. the way they look because we attract who we are. Right. They they need something to relate. Or to. if people are looking to a church, they're naturally going to look for a pastor. Mm-hmm. The people like the people who are the face of the church, they're going to look. For people who yeah. make them feel comfortable, yeah, and there's, there's nothing wrong with that, and, that, and that's what it is. It's yeah. it's why Black Panther made box office history because yeah. it spoke to a people that that could relate to the images they were putting on TV. Obviously, yeah. you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. The problem right. the problem is is when the problem is is when I only relate to those kids and I don't relate to the Hispanic kid because. We, me and the black kids, we like the same basketball teams. Mm-hmm. They don't even play basketball. They they are watching soccer, so we don't relate. Therefore, we don't have any banter. We don't have any jokes. And I don't take the time to learn some soccer teams too. Football teams. A football team. Football teams. <laughs> See, yeah, right there, right there. There it is. Right. And and I, I may not be um, have malice in my heart, but I can be ignorant and be offensive just because of my ignorance. Yeah. Of of it's not soccer. It's football. Right. You know. And to not know that it's not soccer, it's football. Yeah. Right there, there's an ignorance right, there. But then to cross that racial gap requires you to be okay that I'm ignorant about some stuff. Yeah. And then when I 
show you my ignorance. Like, I get it out of my wallet and go, here's my ignorance. Here's, card. here's my, then I call it soccer. Yeah. Yeah. And then you go, oh, I'll take that. Let me actually rewrite that card. This is how we talk about that. Yeah. And you can do whatever you want with that, but this is how we talk about that. Yeah. And, and I think that that's actually what was really helpful in our relationship and what is helpful in, in any kind of social engagement. Yeah. If, because this isn't just a, a, a white or a black thing or a, or a Hispanic thing. Like, yeah. This is really anybody trying to get into a relationship with anybody who's different than them. Yeah. You know, I mean, the political dynamic in our country. You're trying to sit down and have a conversation with between a liberal and a conservative. No, you know, I don't know if that's ever going to happen. Right. Ever again. Um, but in order to do it, it would require us to allow you to believe what you believe. Allow yeah. you to talk the way you talk, allow you to think and act the way you do. Yeah. And then I have to be given the same permissions. Yeah. And then we have to kind of create a bridge together. Yeah. Yeah. I think what you did was when you approach racial issues, you you come in as a child. And that's that's beautiful. You don't you don't come in as uh, the great white hope. <laughs> yeah. you, you come in even if you're from quote privilege, um, you don't you don't wear it to the point it's um, it's a it's a stench. You 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 wear it loosely, and and you come you come and you learn something, uh, and in doing so you empower the people you're trying to learn from, yeah. and that's really awesome because it makes the people feel empowered that may feel un- not empowered, and by doing so you 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 give power over. Yeah, by right. saying, "Hey, yeah. show me, sh- teach me something." Yeah, and I think that um, if that was the stance with more of our leaders, then you would have. I think God could move in a way He's never moved before. Because right now it's kind of like you have DC and Marvel. Like they're not at war, but they're just doing their own thing. Right. There's no crossover movies anytime right. soon, and but you're missing some great ideas that could happen with these cross yeah. you're missing millions of dollars right. right there with the crossover movies right. there's money right there that we're never going to tap never into never going to tap into it. and i think that's what our churches are like we're just never going to tap into the crossovers yeah. and it's not i don't think that marvel is wrong for being marvel right. and dc is wrong for being dc i don't think every church is an integrated church i think some people have an anointing for that and some people just sure. don't right. and that's just what it but the fact that you are willing to open up the the conversation of what would a crossover movie look like? Yeah. What does it look like in the Marvel universe? What does it look like in the DC universe? Yeah. Teach me the DC language. Teach me the Marvel language. Yeah. I think that that's that that's that's been your approach towards those things, and you you seem to have a want to reach people for Christ, no matter who they are, to the point where you are willing to learn something new. Yeah. And that's really dope, you know. And I think that um, you're still young enough. I hate to say young enough to to care about those things. You're not so old that you're so you're, you have your setup and it doesn't matter. Anymore. Yeah, like we're not set in the ways and all and all of that. Like, and I think that's what both of us we're just trying to learn this thing so that in the DC Marvel illustration, I mean, the making the millions of dollars is in our context and what we're passionate about. That's how can we find a way to help help people meet Jesus? Yeah, come fully alive. You know. Yeah. And, and then I think that that DC Marvel illustration is, is even stronger because um, what's funny is Marvel doesn't care what DC is doing and DC doesn't really care what Marvel is doing. They're just being, they're doing what they do. They do, right. It's the fans that 
are freaking out. You know, all the Marvel fans are like, oh, DC is the worst. You know, they're terrible. DC doesn't put out press releases about how awful Marvel is. No. And Marvel doesn't do that about DC. Not but the all. DC fans are like, Batman's the greatest. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Spider-Man sucks. <laughs> like, Batman doesn't care. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> and And yet what is so profound is these people, all of these fans, they're just speaking out of what they're passionate about, what they know. They're just speaking their language. Yeah. It, you would never get the fans of DC and Marvel to be the ones who would make that crossover happen. It right. has to be at the top. It has to be has to go the people who have the authority to to turn the tide or to do the partnership right. or to create this third universe. Right. You know, Um and then even, and I think what's even more beautiful about that is that if you get DC and Marvel to create a third universe where they partner together, it doesn't mean that Marvel has to stop what they're doing or change anything that they're doing. Right. And, and the same would be true for DC. And yeah. I think one of the things that that I would love to see, and, and I think our relationship and relationships like it give hope for it, is um, I, I don't need to stop doing leadership the way I do it right. in my uh you know, I called it a bubble earlier. Yeah. Like hopefully it's not as much of a bubble as it is like a, a sphere. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> now, you know, but I don't need to stop being Tim Lee, the, yeah. the, the young white pastor who reaches a certain demographic of people. And, and I'm thankful that I have the ability to do what I do. And there's a sense of integration in our local church. And I'm really thankful for that. Yeah. But if there's a predominantly white church, predominantly black church, predominantly Hispanic church. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't think that the goal is to get those churches to cease to exist for the sake of a greater unified local church, right? Right. right. I, this I is a question that I wrestle with. I don't think that that's... I think that we're all things to all people. I think yeah. Paul was for the Gentiles, and that's okay. Yeah. He's anointed to do right. it. Right. I think, Peter, let's just stay in your lane, yeah. dude. And in that lane... You are efficient, yeah. and that's okay. I think you can learn from Paul. And he bit. did some stuff. I mean, he he hung out with a Gentile yeah. once or twice. And yeah, led him to Jesus. And um, I'm I am I am built for a certain demographic. They're they're going to relate to me before they relate to you because we share the same background, yeah. the same pains, um, the same trials, yeah. and so right. I'm I'm to a certain degree the most equipped to speak directly into their hearts Mm -hmm. to get them to Christ. And that doesn't matter. What matters is Christ. Christ. And then there are some people who, with all their hangups, they're going to see you and they're going to listen to you because they're going to feel like you get them. Uh, And just from your appearance alone, and that's fine because you're going to have the words to lead them to Christ. Mm -hmm. The bottom line is still still Christ. Mm -hmm. So... I think it's perfectly fine that we have these different universes that we are anointed to anointed on purpose. God on purpose. Like he planned it. He, he planned it. Right. He he planned my hair to look like this. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. to talk like that. Mm-hmm. Um, you to look like this. I have a big nose. You have big ears. You you, you nice. speak like this. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> I have this brown skin. You have this white. Yeah. And I think he made it like that so that we could be the bait to catch the fish he wanted to That's catch. Good. And I think he was brilliant in doing that. Saltwater fish, freshwater fish, two different types of fish, yeah. two different types of bait. He wants them all. That's what it is. Right. On purpose he did that. Yeah. 
Uh, I should never try to copy your ministry or be like your ministry. I would fail. And not only would I fail, the people who wouldn't relate to your ministry would then no longer relate to me. Period. And you should never try to be this because this is not what they need. I'm a remedy to a problem that this community has. Um, And then you are a remedy to a a solution to a problem that that community has. I think that what we're supposed to do is glean. Is glean. Um, I'm going to take pieces of you that really work for me. Mm -hmm. DC, I think that you should create a cinematic universe like Marvel did. Um, But how your universe looks may be completely different. Yeah. But I but the idea is a great idea. Right. And 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 so on and 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 so forth. And Marvel, I think you need to get your characters to be as big as the DC characters. Mm-hmm. They're the hugest on the planet. We don't really know Iron Man and Thor, but I think you need to build those characters up like they build up Superman and Batman. Yeah. So I think we can we're good for each other when we can put those walls down and and, and begin to say and I can take this. You can here. You can have that. Right. Let me show you this so that on the back end we make each other look good and right. sharp so that when we go out to the public. We're well rounded. My church may be a black church um, with a minority of um, Caucasians. Yours may be a Caucasian church with a minority of Hispanics and blacks. Fine, you know. But now you have a through line to meet the minority, and I have a through line to meet the minority, so that I'm not just stuck in my classroom with just the kids I relate to. Mm -hmm. Because I think that that's that's the danger, Um, and that can that can cripple uh, a a minister Mm -hmm. and make us less uh, effective and efficient. So I can I am made better behind the scenes, yeah, because of a friendship like ours, right, and and vice versa. Do I also have a responsibility to share my relationship with you publicly so that the people I'm responsible to lead can grow from our relationship as well as I grow from our relationship? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, I think you're basically saying, do you need to? Uh, Help your your team see life through your eyes, so that they're not stuck in in their way. Yeah, because I mean, as a leader, what in the world is the point if I'm the only one growing? Yeah. Other, otherwise, I'm not leading. I'm just growing, and growing is fine. I and I'm thankful for my personal growth. But if I'm a leader, then don't I have a responsibility to share my growth? And then, how do you share growth without it treating the people that have helped you grow like a commodity? I hope that so far you've been enjoying this conversation. You may have noticed that our focus is about to open up to a more broad leadership dialogue. We'll continue that in part two. In the second half of this conversation, among other things, John and I talk about how our cultural backgrounds affect the way we lead our churches and our families. If you like what you've heard so far, subscribe wherever you're listening so you don't miss part two. I'd also be grateful for a positive review and if you would share Leader Life with a friend. Part two of this conversation between myself and John Irving will be released in about two weeks. Thanks for taking the time to listen today. We'll talk soon.